This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Sir Josh of House Nathan. Thus is our treaty written, thus is agreement made, thought is the arrow of time, memory never fades, what was asked is given, the price is paid. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded and we have answered the call. Today, we are covering The Fires of Heaven, Part 1, Chapters 1 through 5. And in our Village Council, we will be rediscussing Tom's guitar. Mm-hmm. As First, hey, let me uh, let me just get this out of the way. I should maybe apologize. I was apparently uh, a little negative, I suppose, towards the uh, teaser, the Moraine oh. teaser on yes. YouTube. Yes. So I, I apologize if I if I certainly offended anyone. There's certainly one comment that said I was just negative the the entire time. How but dare you? Know what? you? Hey, what's to say that what's to say that that wheel won't spin and it'll be it'll be changed. <laughs> Six second, six second clip, two seconds of black frames, two seconds of white frames at the end. Right. We get, we, we get two. We, so we actually only get two frames of Moraine. Her hair is kind of blowing. It's a bright white light. She doesn't even say anything. But, you know, I guess, I guess maybe what, what I'm, what I'm ultimately getting at here is I want more. Yeah, there it, me, there it is. Show me something. Show me right. something to really get excited. Okay, you know it's like okay, the horns cool. The, uh, the first one I thought was the the best so far. The wine spring yeah. in. It's like okay, I can yeah. see what the set looks like. Then the concept art was cool. Right. This right. doesn't really do much for me because it's if you'd shown me like her costume or I would have bet been been more glad just to see her costume not even on her. Just like hey, yeah. here's what here's what some of the the costuming is going to look like, but I guess ultimately what this is going to lead into um, is a discussion that as and I've had a little bit off air, our buddy, Sir Jimmy and I have certainly had, um, and uh, we'll be doing a live stream on his channel. Uh, this, the, the fantasy, the fantasy network. network. Yes, sir. Um, and we're going to have him on maybe next episode yep. uh, again here. So ultimately what this kind of leads into is who are these teasers for? Yeah. Do you find them odd? Well, uh, does it make it? Does it? Does do these teasers to you say the show's coming soon, or the show's really far away and we kind of have already started hyping it and we don't want to potentially lose anybody? Um, one of the things we've talked about as is if this show doesn't launch this year, could that be really bad? For it, like wow. I think it's. Do yeah. you, do, you, do you, I'm gonna say that I think this show needs to launch this year, almost has to launch this year, uh, to have a real success to succeed. Because next year you're gonna have the new Game of Thrones show. Yep, and you're going to have potentially the Lord of the Rings show. And Wheel of Time is not as name brand to the majority of mainstream audiences 
as Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings? Right. And is it going to find itself struggling to compete with with those? Well, and, and one thing you're saying is that it could make itself more name brand right now if it, you know what I mean? It could get that Wheel of Time logo name out in front of people before the other big, you know, uh, big players mm-hmm. step back on the stage and start competing again. So, uh, yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I think the other question, like what we're getting at here is, it, will it still be successful? Yeah, it's it's Amazon. Yeah. It's good. It's But like, could it be, is it like to be like that mega hit you know like you remember when stranger things came out and just kind of took over like I, that's a whole different you know kind of thing right but that level of kind of hype where everyone's talking about it uh just to kind of i don't yeah. know the, that frenzy is like, i that, think that can I happen th- now i think i think look at a show that i haven't really watched it and probably for this reason um a show that everyone who has seen it has told me is amazing i've yet to meet a single person tell me that the show Vikings is not amazing. Everyone who's watched it is like, oh my God, if you love Game of Thrones, you will love Vikings. But you start at, if you love Game of Thrones, yeah. you will like Vikings. And Vikings sure. obviously was not as successful as Game of Thrones. I'm not saying it's a bad show or anything, but I mean, clearly it, it was not like mega, mega, mega mm-hmm. hit yeah. like Game of Thrones. It's successful in its own right. Um, but that's where I want, that's where I don't, I think Wheel of Time has the potential to be the next Game of Thrones. I mean, right. the next Walking Dead, the next Breaking Bad, like one of those shows that like everyone is seemingly talking about. Right. Um, but I think if they launch it next year, and I know that obviously COVID and all this stuff, I mean, HBO has said House of the Dragon next April. It's film. It right. just started filming right now. Uh, they're, yeah. They're, they're filming right now. Um. And then that's and that's just sort of in that sort of genre. You're not talking about any other mega shows it could go up against. I mean, Stranger Things, sure. uh, Star, all the look at all the Star Wars and Marvel, Marvel yeah. all the stuff that they're doing. Um, launching your show to get that kind of prime time thing is is important. Um, yeah. And I just I just find I I think it would struggle. I think it would struggle in a year that's going to be dominated by people getting back into Game of Thrones um, in a show that I think has the potential to be even better than yeah. Game of Thrones because we already know the story in it and it's less disappointing at the ending. Right. Um, and whatever this Lord of the Rings show is going to be. Yeah. I, I really think, and in, 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 in really hear us here, I mean, we run a Wheel of Time podcast. We want this show to be... Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Like, like, like very successful and we're, we're, we're hyped about it. I think it's interesting that HBO and, and other, you know, companies have said with their projects, this is the date, like April, 2022, right? Uh, this, this is most likely going to come out for house of the dragon or whatever. And this thing's, I mean, we don't really know where, where, where wheel of time is yet. We haven't got a, a hard date like that. Like, Hey, October, whatever, November, something i mean that'd just be nice to hear and have and maybe that's the next big thing that's coming soon we keep hoping that just give us that date so we can say all right here's the march to like three four months away six months away whatever it is and i think that'll help it a lot uh and i think because we're still even in the summer going into the fall we're still gonna be dealing with a lot of covid kind of you know things and, and issues and stuff so people are going to the streaming services they're they're getting hbo max they're getting 
uh, they're hooked, Amazon Prime, different things. So now's the time to really do that, I think, and to really put your big show out there. So anyway, I, 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 I hear you. I agree with you. And I'll be interested to hear what people think about this. Uh, again, this all started. Matt's not trying to be negative, guys. We're just being realistic. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, but, you know. it's, it, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. It is ultimately just where we're at. And I just I want I want the show. To, I want the show to be as successful as possible. And I just think, you know, if you launch against or, or relatively around the time of something else, I mean, just let me give you an example. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the and then we'll the, the move into the thing. So obviously, WandaVision comes out, and it's like mega. Everyone's everyone's talking about it. This is amazing. Then you have this Captain America Falcon show, which, by the way, I haven't even watched yet. Right? And right. I think a lot of people haven't even watched because we're still getting over WandaVision. But then one week into it, they launched the trailer for the Loki show that's coming next. And Loki's a character we care about way more. Right? I mean, yeah. there's more people. I see more people talking about the Loki trailer. Then I see people talking about the Captain America or the Falcon Winter Soldier. Right. See, it's not even Captain America. It's like the guys that like were right. with Captain America. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like show. And so that's what I don't want to happen with Wheel of Time. You know, I don't want it to be like, well, you know, it's yeah, it's not as it's, good as the you know. Right. It's kind of snuck in there buried between two other shows. It's just or, just because or of what comes out, right. Yeah. Yeah. We want it to be the show where it's like, hey, if you like the if you liked Wheel of Time you'll like this show. That's that's exactly what we want to have happen. And I, I know they do too. And there's probably obstacles, COVID, production, sure. whatever, you know. But my God, if there's any way for the wheel to weave this show out, like come this fall, I, I just think it'd be huge. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. well, uh, we're talking about Tom's guitar. Yeah, actually, so we have a, we have a, uh, a pigeon, as, as we call him here, from Scott Rogers. And uh, just got this... The other day here, so I figured we we bring this to the top of the show uh, where we talk about some show news and different things. Um, Scott says, hey, guys, I'm a podcast listener. am in book five on my first read, but following along with your progress, uh, it helps me uh, as, you know, just kind of remind myself as I pay forward. And it's good to go back and get those reminders as to, you know, what, what has happened. Uh, anyway, a small observation about a show change that has received some small controversy. Tom's guitar just a perspective uh, a show has to condense as much as possible a guitar affords the opportunity to multitask scenes that a flute wouldn't Uh, Tom can talk or at least recite information uh, informative song lyrics where uh, he would be able to where he wouldn't be able to with a wind instrument that makes a lot of sense right that's a great point yep uh, even facial expressions and glances now more able. Same with Rand in Eye of the World with the flute slash guitar. A flute creates dead space on screen. Uh, professional musician myself just just uh, just occurred to me and wanted to share. Sounds like a like a practical kind of change. So that is that's one of those things when we talk about film or book adaptations. You know, going to, to film or or TV shows, or whatever. Like, yeah, uh, that could you. That's the kind of I would love to be in on some of this stuff where I just a fly on the wall listening to that conversation because that's probably exactly Scott what they what what you know what they came up with which is we can do more we can convey I mean whether he's he's a bard right I mean he's able to kind of sing or recite and do different things with his 
guitar, maybe more so than 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 a flute. And Rand probably similar. Yeah, I agree with it. And from a marketing standpoint, you know, I mean, think about like think about how many when the Hobbit came out, right? Yeah, and they had that awesome song misty mountains cold right right, right. youtube was youtube's flooded with people like covering the song yeah and all of this stuff and you get a lot more of that with with you know there's not there's a lot more guitar players out there than there are flute players okay yes. i mean i don't know what the yes. number is but i would have to say <laughs> at least two to one okay i mean you know <laughs> i can't believe so, you're not uh, this guy's knocking flute players now Jeez, matt's on a he's on hey, a chair i was <laughs> I was I played clarinet, okay, and then there I played, and then I and then I played trombone. So as oh, as played the viola. I play, so. Hey, I played the fiddle. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So you played the viola. Is a viola a fiddle? It's a larger fiddle. I don't know. It's okay. it's basically the cello lesser. a fiddle. I mean, yeah, I get. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I thought the viola was pretty cool, but uh, no. yeah. So have you seen that? Have you seen that TikTok? There's like a TikTok meme going around of how to play cello in a marching band. And it's like some guy and he's sitting on a chair and then he's like playing two notes and he like picks up his chair and runs. And he's like <laughs> knocking everybody over and he just like sits out and plays like two notes. And like, just, just like uh, it's, actually... it's, it's funny. It's there's funny. actually those guys uh, in some bands. I don't know if it, someone has like strap. They got like a cello strap, man. Like what? I think, oh. yeah, they put, they put it around their thing and they can actually stand up and play it. It's kind of, kind of crazy. Mm. Anyway, something okay. to look up. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, uh, no, thanks, Scott. I mean, that's I think it's cool. And I think it's uh, the things you got to think about the practical kind of reasons why you would change, uh, uh, you know, an object or or what have you. I mean, even we're t Tom's story, I think, is going to be actually a lot different in season one. It's going to look a little different. We're going to be he's probably going to stay with the crew, not do his whole disappear, come back type of thing. Dude, they could use that anywhere in season two, you know, season three, whatever. At some point you could have Tom face down you know, a draw and then boom, he's often, you know, then he's gone. Then he comes back. Everyone's worried about him. I think you need the time to build him up, which we've said this before, build that character up, make him matter, be super epic. You know, something else they could do. And I just thought about this with Tom, they might actually not have him maybe join that main group. Maybe he follows and he, he's a guy who we start to see at the wine spring. Then we see, I don't think we're going to be at Barillon, but let's say we saw him again at Barillon. Then we saw him again in Camelin. Or maybe, you know, uh, Four Kings or whatever. And we start saying, who's this guy that's tracking our group? You know, uh, that might be a way to kind of then you bring him in. You know, who knows? I'm just throwing out ideas as to how things could be slightly, slightly different. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um, okay. As well, let's move on over to the reread today. Uh, just again, these were bigger chapters. So we're doing chapters one through five. Um, here, so chapter one, Fanning the Sparks, chapter two, Rudion, chapter three, Pale Shadows, chapter four, Twilight, and chapter five, Among the Wise Ones, as we already did the prologue. Um, <clears throat> so chapter one here, as we're just going to kind of do, these are, we're only talking five chapters, but they're bigger. Um, I like it, man, I, I got to say, I have, at the beginning of the books... I, I, I always say this, and I think Robert Jordan does a great job of of just sort of setting the stage mm -hmm. as if as if you picked up this book for the first time, he doesn't leave you sort of high and dry 
Like he'll yeah. always kind of give you a brief kind of summary as just to what's going on. Like if you would just pick this up and, and opened it, you'd kind of be like, okay, well, like, well, so these people kind of did this and this is where they're at. And it's a good recap, especially when you're dealing with characters who haven't seen in a while um, or really didn't see a lot of in sort of the last book. I mean, we're here with Min and Suan and, you know, a lot of these people who they weren't really prevalent a lot in the last book. So that's kind right. of where we're at. Um, it's kind of fun, actually. I got to say, uh, as much as I, I, you know, the last book ended and in the prologue, I was like, oh, man, you know, it's like everything ended. And it's like parents dealing with the white cloaks. And he just told him to basically like, you know, off. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Basically. And then Rand's dealing and he just he's now going to be trained. He's going to be trained by a forsaken and all of this stuff. And it's like, okay, this could be really, really cool. Right. Um, right. And then it's like Eliida. And I'm like, oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it was kind of cool, actually. Once I kind of read these five chapters, I was like, all right, it's kind of cool to get, like, uh, Suan, like, yep. out on the road. Right. Exactly. And get exactly. to see, like, different sides of people. Yeah. No. And again, yeah, we're going to do some, some major takeaways here because I'm with you on the – it's nice when you come back to – I'm actually okay with him taking a break in a world this big. He doesn't let characters go for um, too long before he comes back and says, here's where they're at. Let me catch you up on all of this. And so, yeah, right back in with Min, Suan, Leanne, and, uh, and and what's happening with the White Tower. You know, we know there's some, I mean, gosh, we said it in, in the last, uh, I think we had Sir Jimmy on when we said this. We said, who is doing the stilling? Who is yeah. the still? Someone needs to stop the stilling. You know, it was just crazy. So we have to come back to that and say what's happening with Suan and and where where is she going? I did want to read real quick. So chapter one, uh, fanning the sparks. Um, I love this. I think I I did this for the Great Hunt. I'm not sure if I've done it for every book, but I really love the beginnings of this. And so what is since it's part one, uh, the wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age called the Third Age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose in the great forest called Bramewood. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was a beginning. I'm telling you right now, every time I read that and I hear it and I start a new book, I just get fired up. I'm just yeah. like this is this is you know there are neither beginnings nor nor any this is a beginning and it just it's it's so cool so yeah let's jump into some of this uh, we'll kind of read to you guys some summary here and then we'll we'll kind of discuss it but <clears throat> um, you have Min Suan Leanne they're locked up and uh, in in a town called Core Springs in Andor after they quote accidentally burned down a shed right. belonging uh, to to one of the villagers there now. We, we, we it, the connections here. We're gonna we have a lot of connections to Camelin, actually, uh, which is gonna be interesting. We're gonna get old Gareth Brynn here in a second, but Loghain, um knocked the man down and he made a run for it. So after this thing is is lit on fire, Loghain is with them. Remember, uh, you know he he goes with them when they leave the tower. So in the process, uh, his name is Admir, I think Admir Ned dropped mm -hmm. his lantern, resulting in the loss of the barn and, 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 and several cows. Now, hear me out. I, I don't know that, uh, I mean, di who caused the fire here? Low gain for knocking him down? Come on. That guy was mm -hmm. in his way, 
you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they're all blamed for this fire and the big in the big accident. Um, Min Suan and Lian, those are not the names that they're using, right? We know that they go by different names. Uh, Min asks Suan what she thinks their penalty will be for this. She seems to think that uh, you know, like a a strapping on the village square, maybe. I mean, uh, Suan's obviously frustrated by not finding. Uh, a word on a gathering of Aes Sedai and by this new obstacle in... Oh, and she's upset about this this new obstacle that's in their way. So one thing to remember, they are on the run, right? They're leaving the tower and they're trying to get to another group of Aes Sedai. Um, Suan was very well connected with sort of the eyes and ears and sort of the spy network and, and maybe knowing how to track down this other group because the tower is divided. They were Aes Sedai fighting Aes Sedai. Some people who, you know, supported Suan, Suan is of the Blue Aja, and a lot of the Blues, you know, I think all of them, most of them, right, are gone. As far mm-hmm. as I know, I think it's, I think it's almost all of them. <clears throat> they definitely were not a part of the, the stilling or the, the, the takedown, if you will. So, yeah, out the gate, we're on the run, man. What do you think? I mean, we're, we got our characters on the road, running. It's good. Uh, burning down no. barns. No, it's, 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 it's good. I like it because uh, it makes it feel like, oh, man, we're in trouble, right? Uh, because you know the previous chapter is wow okay the tower you know we knew obviously there was sort of the heightened sense at the end of the last book where the tower gets sort of taken over um and then the last chapter is uh Eliida uh cracking the whip saying yep. where are they it's right. it's time to go and then we see Padon Fane there and so it's like okay you know we're setting up this sort of make it seem like we're act like we're actually in trouble and so now it's like you know, I think I think we kind of think because we've seen everybody else, Matt and Perrin and Rand and and you know Nynaeve and and everybody, yeah. sort of in their travels, they've seen like they kind of have we're past that sort of like traveling itself is is sort of scary, right? Like that's that's Eye of the World stuff, like with sure. Rand, where it's like yeah. oh we're out on our own, um, and so we're kind of getting a little bit of that again here. Um, even so, even though we've now been established to think that, oh, just because we have access to the power or whatever, like whatever travel is, Mm -hmm. isn't really scary anymore. Well, okay. You know, you, there are actions, there are consequences to your actions and it is still the, the world itself can still be sort of dangerous aside from Trollocs and things like that. And so I think that's kind of a good reminder Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. for, for, for the beginning of this book. Well, and you're right. Cause we're following, uh, three, let's see why well, you got, uh, you got Leanne, uh, Suan and Loghain who are all, uh, stilled or gentled, right? I mean, they've right. been severed from the, the one power and men is actually still seeing, can still see, uh, symbols right around mm-hmm. Loghain and different things. So you're right. We, we've seen that that power that's, that's really, yeah, it's magnificent. It can do a lot of things. It can be taken away from you, and we can be kind of shut down. You see the consequences here of of this, and it is cool, though. I mean, God, you have Suan, who is the highest, like probably one of the most powerful people on the continent, right? She's the Amerlin seat. She is stilled and brought low. Her face, by the way, you notice this, her face has changed a little bit. Did you notice all the physical kind of differences? Yeah, um, they, yeah, they explain a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, and I think. That's interesting because the use of the one power and being connected to it kind of gives them that agelessness, which we talked about, you know, in the whole Moraine trailer. People were kind of griping like, oh, does she look ageless? Uh, she, she looks fine. She looks, looks great. She's Rosenpike. She's, she's great. <laughs> uh, so anyway, 
Yeah, and, and you have like they they have to kind of find something to keep pushing towards and working on that's going to cause them to keep wanting to live. So they've been cut off from the power. Basically, I think about it like being cut off from the force and how you would want to die. It's such a part of you. Like it's almost like attached to your soul and spirit. It's very much keeping you in harmony. And then it is, yeah, it's a part of who you are. You are a channeler. That's, that's in your nature. Um, and it's a void that they're trying to fill. So Le- Leanne fills it differently than... Uh, Suan, who is just still about her causes and still about being involved and, and, you know, her whole thing. Loghain basically wants the promise of revenge against the Red Aja. And then um, Leanne is basically acting as a Damani woman. And she's trying to use some of those old skills and her upbringing to seduce men or to manipulate, uh, you know, certain individuals into giving them information or what they need or what have you. So kind of interesting because when they go in here, um, Gareth Bryn is is uh is there and he is trying to you know figure out what what to do with these girls you know uh what what should the punishment be leanne tries to kind of make eye contact whatever he's not interested in her it's no. suan right who he's like making the eye contact with he has this strong kind of and i'll, I'll actually read his point of view here so um what happens they go before him Logan actually ends up kind of helping them get out of there and and kind of rescues them had stolen a purse and so on uh, knocks out um, Joni, one, one of the guards, and boom, they're off and running. Now, they had sworn an oath to Gareth Brand that they were going to, you know, repay him and work and, and all that kind of stuff. And they had sworn a pretty significant, like, oath. I, I don't have it in front of me exactly, but it's a pretty, like, legit, once you say these words, it's, it's, it's all that would really con- kind of convince him. So Gareth Brynn then gets ready to pursue the three Oathbreakers. He's very surprised they did make a run for it. He leaves the manor in the capable hands uh, of, of um, Carlin, I think. Is that, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, who has been managing it for years while he was leading Andorran armies. So remember that he's sort of the general there under Morgaze in Camelin. So this is, this is Gareth Brynn. Bryn is the last of his line, um, and Carlin has been trying to interest him in women since he has been sent away by Morgaze. So Morgaze sends him away. We're all kind of got, we've got question marks right now as to why did she do that? Why did Morgaze send Gareth Bryn away? He's there in the eye of the world. He takes Rand. Uh, he's, he's, he's there when Rand is received by Morgaze, right? So anyways, she seems to think that the Damani girl might be the one. Bryn is, uh, for some reason, more intrigued by the girl from Tear. So, kind of cool. It's just interesting, as you know. Uh, Gareth turns to the group of graying, experienced soldiers he's taking with him on this chase, and they're all dependable men, good guys. And uh, then one of his men had just come back from New Brame, a small city not too far from the the Bryn estate. He tells him of the fall of the stone and a man who drew Kalendor. Now, again, this is kind of that cool thing where you hear different. Pers- so now we're in Core Springs in Andor. Gareth Bryn is hearing about the prophecies being fulfilled. Uh, he's heard about Suan, uh, the Omerlin seat, being deposed, her death, and the death of a false dragon named Loghain. Now a man is drawing Kalendor. Ironically, he doesn't know this at the time, but Suan is right in front of him. We know this. Loghain is there as well. 
So, yeah, it's just a really interesting thing. We're still, again, like I said, wondering, what is he doing here? These these big characters crossing paths, and, and we'll find out more about uh, their dynamic later. But, yeah, just a, just a really interesting uh, setup here. Now, if you're, if you're cool with this, um, yeah. we're, we're going to shift points of view. We're going to go back to the royal palace in Camelin, which I think this is good because we had references to Morgays. We had references to um, Gareth Bryn and his command there. Now we're going here, and we're with um, High Lady Altima. I think you say it, Altima. Yeah, Altima. Uh, yeah. Um, who is there, who has come for an audience with Queen Morgaze. She's annoyed with having to put up with with uh, you know, her, her Andoran maid, and she's just kind of a little bit, you know, not in, in the great, not, not in a really good mood. Um, Talon, or I'm sorry, Talonvor. Talonvor. Now this guy, he's an officer named Talonvor, takes her to the queen. Altima has heard rumors about more gays having a new new lover. Let me come back to Talonvor, okay? That's a guy, it's a name I want to I want to mention Talonvor. I like this guy. I'm mentioning him because I, I I enjoy this character. So you remember how I kind of gravitated towards the sniffer in Inktar? Yes. <laughs> let he's me, another one. So let me gravitate he's, towards he's, this guy. You know? Yeah, he's here in 2.0. Yeah, he's, yeah, he may be. And again, I, I will say nothing more than I just like him. That's all I want to say. I wanted to say it. Thank you for allowing me to say it. All right. So, yeah, there's some rumor going on in, in Camelin that Morghese has a a lover and this new relationship that, that she's in. Uh, Morghese is obviously in love and probably quite um, protective. So Altima is, is here talking, right? Morghese asks how her husband is. Uh, with with Altima, right? She didn't think that Morghese would remember that. They only met once. She replies that he was well last time she saw him and that he is now serving the Dragon Reborn. All right, there we go. Now, this is one of those guys who, from Tyr, right, is serving the Dragon Reborn. Morghese reminds, uh, remembers Rand and her advisor, Elida, and how she had warned her about him. Remember, Elida has that kind of, you know, vision you know like right. good stuff about him so and now she's in power man now she's at the white tower kind of doing her Is thing she in power though she seemed i mean it seems uh, like she was struggling last time it seems like people don't really respect her authority <laughs> yeah well exactly what's pot on fane doing there too right i mean he's he's up to no good around her so how's mm-hmm. he just walk in well, i mean he just he's, he's pot on fane well, he's fame baby okay <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no i don't know i really i really i mean it's odd, uh, actually. That part. It's odd that a man would come request, um, would re- would request an audience like that. I, I think they say at one point when men's all dressed up, that any woman in the city can come request. A, that is, you know, that is true. Yes. Yeah. So it, yeah, that's interesting. Uh all right. Yeah. Altima asked Morgays if she has replaced Elida now uh, that she's Omerlin. So she doesn't necessarily know about this rift per se. Uh, it's kind of a dangerous subject. Morghese says that she most certainly did not replace her yet. She seems very proud of her daughter, Elaine, uh, who has been raised raised to accept it. And remember, Elaine is writing letter, you know, the whole thing. Yep. Matt came to Camelin to kind of let let them all know she's fine, that Elaine is fine. Uh, Morghese tells her she wants to know about Rand. This is the opening that Altima has been waiting for. Gabriel now enters the room and Morghese beams at him. Gabriel tells Morghese she should rest for a while. Uh, the annoyed look on her face quickly disappears 
when he puts a hand on her shoulder. I mean, when you read into this, like when you go line by line and you really look at like what's happening to more gays here and how her mood and everything seems to be shifting really quickly at his presence. It's, it's interesting. Uh, she leaves the room. Gabriel now starts asking Altima questions and she feels the urge to answer him with the truth to please him like more gays, um, you know, in ways that she can't even think of. So she tells him that she tried to uh, murder her husband and that she is now here because of it. She tells about what happened in Tier, everything Gabriel wants to know. So now, did you get a weird kind of feel about Gabriel when we, you know, I mean, like the, like some, some crazy stuff uh, just with him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime we meet sort of a new character who, as always, I'm suspicious. You should be. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm always suspicious. Everyone's right. a little sus when it, when they first walk onto the scene. Yeah, yep, yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely like the way he's all of a sudden dismisses kind of the queen. She looks at him. The rumor is there's a lover. There's a lot of stuff being hinted at here. The lack of an Isadai advisor. Um, that's odd for a queen of of Camelin. So, so yeah. And then you, you actually right after that you switch to Morghese's point of view. She's in her bedchamber. And she sends the attendants out. Why did she tell Gabriel she was tired? Or did he tell her? Question mark. Uh, why does she think of Bryn all of a sudden? Morghese is confused, but falls asleep quickly. So yeah, man, some 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 crazy stuff going on in, in that first chapter. We're getting into we're figuring out where our runaways are from the White Tower, and then we're bouncing down to Camelin and figuring out. Uh, what what's going on there? There's there's we know something was up when Matt came through and you know and delivered the letter and stuff. He he definitely something was not right, and he heard some things about Elaine that didn't seem good. Correct. Right? Yeah. 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 So, okay. All right. Hey, chapter two is Rudy on. So we're back with Rand. And remember, last time we were with him, he uh, he's with the Aiel, right? They yeah. were getting ready to. They're trying to choose the right the car Karn and yeah. uh, now I'm blanking on on his name Kooladin uh, Kooladin yeah Kooladin's yeah. trying to act like he's oh I'm the Dragon Reborn yeah okay. Kooladin get out of here get out of here bro like what is he doing who gave you them them those those dragon markings you everyone's know, I mean, looking around everyone's looking around like what is this guy even talking about and then Rand's yeah. like prove it prove it. <laughs> Yes. No, seriously. Seriously. That was that that moment, by the way, I just take a second here. That was a sick moment when you're at the it rock. Is. Wait till you see that. Right. And your voice is booming out over all of these I yield and, and everything. And, and they're trying to prove who is it uh, that's going to take that that title of, of he who comes with the dawn. Yeah. See, I just don't know that you can end a season on that moment. Right. Yeah. I, theoretically. Yeah. yeah that's. Right. The, I just don't. I just don't. I, that's. It's like a cool ending moment for a book. But if that. If I. If like that had been the end of the end of a book, and then I had to wait for the next one. It, it that feels like a middle of the book kind of a. It's not as big of a. It's yeah. I get it's you. Kind of a middle of the book kind of a, of, of an event. But yeah. Anyway, so we're back. We're back in Rudion. Um, right. Rand's looking out right over the over a tall window, one of the biggest rooms in the ruins of Rudion. He sees Moraine. 
Um, and then she's directing the salvaging of power-related objects. Rand already took what he needed. Ayel had been moving in the city, occupying many of the buildings, and starting to cultivate crops with water from the new-formed lake. Rand can see the burnt remains of the Tree of Life. Moraine says the tree still lives and will produce shoots again. Rand turns his attention back to the six Aiel clan chiefs in the room, only six of the 12 Aiel clans represented. Rand wants to know what he has to do to get the others to join him. Uh, the chiefs agree that there's not much to do but wait. The revelation of Aiel descending um, from pacifist shocked them to the core, right? That yeah. They yeah. may have once belonged to the way of the leaf. That was kind of at the yeah. In, in the in the end of the end of, end of the last book, right? Yeah, l l real quick, just a quick reference to that because so the Jedi eel, right? I mean, um, they're questioning Rand about his his decision here to do uh, what he does, but it's proof beyond proof, and yeah, people are going to run from this. But the men and women who had built Rudion and had died there, those called the Jedi eel, the clan that was not on um, on the few occasions they were spoken of had been the ones who kept faith with the Aes Sedai of the time before the breaking. It was hard to face the knowledge that what you had always believed was a lie. So they, because of disgrace and, and, and dishonor and abandoning the way, they started to kind of shun it and it became a thing that they despised because it reminded them of a broken promise and, and a broken kind of lifestyle uh, it, like an abandonment, es es essentially. So although as you go back through Rudion, when Rand did that, I think it's it's hard to say, like, I'm not going to pick up the sword. Look at the tinker, the whole, you know, the tinker and the sword that we had back in, in the two rivers. You have people killed, and he's he's like, I, I, I need to defend my people, people I love and care for. Tough, tough, tough stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I agree with you, yeah. I mean... They all get that revelation as and, you know, it's it's crazy because a lot of so it's like so many of them didn't know except for the people who did know. And they're like that yeah. one kind of tells that Rand does know what he's talking about, but they choose to keep that secret. Really, it seems. Uh huh. Kinda... Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep, for sure. So, yeah, so certainly it's so certainly a big deal. So um, you still got some stuff going on here. Uh Rand, uh, Rand and Moraine still kind of right. Tension, tension. There. Yes, sir. Right. Um, Moran showing him, uh, you know, th thinks that Moraine's set, Egwene thinks that Rand's head is getting big. Uh, you got some more, more tension there. Rand kind of is getting ready to be like, I'm going to go do what I'm going to go do. And that's, that's going to be it. So yeah. Kinda, well, kinda it, yeah. Yeah. Like, like Moraine is she, this whole time. I think. He doesn't know he's he's struggling with like who no one's gonna lead me this way or that way. I'm not gonna let the Forsaken have me. I'm not gonna bow to the IO, you know, wise ones, clan chiefs, and and Moraine has been there since the beginning. So again, remember, I say that. Moraine has been there since the beginning. She found him. She is epic. Okay. Never forget that Moraine is epic. And right now, she's she's really embodying that whole like it's come full circle. Like this is an Aes Sedai who is there taking, uh, well, let me just, yeah. So she has, she's the, the wagons, right. Full of power related objects, right. She's loading up the wagons and saying, you know, and Rand is going to send a strong guard, um, 
you know, and and, and help them along. Uh, interestingly, though, Kadir, who is one of the peddlers, is a part of this group and is kind of helping with some of these objects of power. And we learn not to, you know, there's a couple of these guys in, in Kadir's group. You got to watch the eyes. Get some shifty people in among the peddlers. This is where... I don't trust Oz, any of the peddlers. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't. You had Lanfear hiding in there. Uh, you, you had Osmodian hiding in there. Uh, and and he, so Jason Natale has continued to be a Gleeman. That's his name. That's what he was going by. So as they come back, Osmodian uh, is, is Jason. And so Jason is supposed to be training Rand, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's see. All right, all right. So they're disagreeing. Um, let's see here. Uh, Marine, yeah, you, you said she's showing him the seals. Um, oh, yeah. Seals the whole, oh, yeah. Right? The seals that she found in Rudion, saying it's so brittle that it could be smashed with a hammer. The seals that hold the Dark One imprisoned are weakening. Uh, the ones she brought with her from tears in the same condition. Uh, Rand is not ready to fight the last battle yet. Moraine wants to know what Rand is planning, and he refuses to tell her. To tell her, and she accuses him of hiding, um, mm-hmm. saying he's left a trail of destruction behind him, but he can't stay in the I.O. waste forever. Uh, provoking, Ra- uh, provoking Rand tells uh, he means to bring eleven I.O. clans over the Dragon Wall to unite the lands. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's crazy, man. Uh, you know, this is he is bringing uh uh it, a whole nation worth of people like like across, and yeah. this is this is a force that I mean, we had the IEL war, which was already magnificent, and they can do whatever they want. They're hard to deal with. Yeah, he's bring, he's going to unite the land, man. So, yeah, they talk a little bit about Shara as. Oh like yeah, they east, do. Just east a, of east of the waste. They yeah. didn't really they didn't really go into it that much other than they just kind of mentioned that it's there and it has its own things and right. that was really kind of it, but they did mention it. Yeah, they do. And it's still kind of a land of mystery and, and we can kind of I don't have that pulled up in front of me, but I do remember them mentioning mentioning it early on and uh yeah, cuz when you say it, unite the lands, I think it was sort of one of those things to show, okay, these lands, not those lands. Is is sort of what Robert Jordan is doing, although there's stuff there. You know, where he's kind of this placeholder, leave that for later. We'll talk about that, uh, down, you know, down the road. So, yeah. Um, okay. And then that's, and then that's, uh, there's a little bit more to this chapter. Um, Moraine kind of leaves. Egwene tells him that he's ill man. Right. You know, she kind of criticizes Rand a little bit. Right. Um, then a voice in his head speaks up and he freezes. He has no idea where it came from. Egwene stops her tirade and looks at him worried. She is asks if something is wrong, if she should get Moraine. Um, Rand says that he this is not something that can be healed. He changes the subject and asks how Elaine is. Egwene just wants to say she is well and gets ready to leave. She tells him to get some rest. Um, a goblet of wine floats up to Rand and he snatches it out of the air. He promises Egwene he'll get some rest. Before she leaves, Egwene tells him Elaine loves him. With When she is gone, Rand throws the goblet away and furiously turns around to face Natil. Yeah. So let me, let me, re- I have this part kind of pulled up here where she kind of freaks out when she sees him, you know, acting all strange. So, uh, yeah, he's talking to Egwene um, about studying with the wise ones. She wore I.O. clothes. She might even be trying to adopt I.O. customs and so on. But she worked hard at being 
a proper Aes Sedai all the time, even if she was only one of the accepted. Aes Sedai usually kept a rein on their tempers, but they never, uh, but they never ever gave anything away that they wanted to hide. And then you have an ital- like italicized. Ileana never flashed her temper at me when she was angry with herself, when she gave me the rough side of her tongue. It was because she, his mind froze for an instant. He had never met a woman named Ileana in his life. But he could summon up a face for the name dimly, a pretty face, skin like cream, golden hair exactly the shade of Elaine's, exactly the shade of Elaine's. This had to be the madness. Remembering an, an imaginary woman, perhaps one day he would find himself having conversations with people who were not there. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes I think he's, you know, I almost think he blacks out sometimes during those episodes where he's wondering who's in my head, who's talking, who's, who's doing what. So, Egwene then is like, are you okay? Is something wrong? But it's. I just wanted to kind of point out that, like, he has that moment where, I mean, we've heard Ileana. Ileana. Yeah, we know Ileana. Ileana yeah. Right? You know, the whole thing. Like, So, anyway, uh, just just kind of interesting. And then, yeah, uh, Natale at the end there using possibly some of the power. Um, and just he's pissed. Rand is, is – he is worried about Moraine being that close. I mean, he needs Natale there to tell him what's up and how to use the power and to teach him some things. But he also cannot have his, his cover blown here. So he's really keeping this, you know, information close to the chest about having one of the Forsaken literally right in the same room. It's nuts. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal. Um, okay, uh, and so continuing on here, let's let's continue on. So chapter three, pale shadows. Right. So we have a Rand point of view and a Matt point of view. So. Um, Rand sort of seizes Sidene and snatches uh, Jason up from the cushions. Uh, furiously, he warns the Forsaken never to channel in front of people again. Yep. Rand can't see the shield that prevents Osmodian. No, he must think of him as Jason uh, from channeling more than a trickle, but he knows the man is not a threat. Osmodian tells him they wouldn't uh, suspect anyway. Women can't see the flows woven by men. Rand uses the captured Forsaken to teach him. Uh, only a man who can channel can do that, and only men who can, um, and only men who uh, Rand has come across are the Forsaken. The only men who can channel. Um, not much of a choice he has, you know, but to learn. Mm-hmm. Osmodian isn't much of a teaser of a teacher. The process is frustrating Rand, but he will get as much information out of the old man, out of the man uh, as he can. Uh, he asks again about the other Forsaken, but Osmodian can't provide much new information conversation turns to a linking why can women link with without men but men can't without women osmodian doesn't seem to know he doesn't seem to think his chances of survival or rants for that matter are very big he intends to kill the dark one himself um, or he intends to kill himself before the dark one breaks free and deals out a punishment of Osmodian's betrayal. A group of uh, maidens walk into the room to get Rand. Like the clan chiefs, the maidens are uneasy about the changes Rand has brought. Not only the bleakness, but quite a few of them have given up the spear to marry recently. Rand knows what uh, the cause of that is. He weaves a trap so Osmodian can't escape and follow the maidens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> One thing interesting here, I'll just I'll read some of this to you guys. Uh, 
it's the 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 linking bit um so let me see here uh he's talking to him ran not as slowly uh if it did make a kind of sense elaine and Egwene were considered two of the strongest women to train in the tower for a thousand years or more but he had tested himself against them once uh, and later, Elaine had confessed that she felt like a kitten seized by a mastiff. Osmodium was not finished. He said, if two women link, they do not double their strength. Linking is not as simple as adding together the power of each. But if they are strong enough, they can match a man. And when they take the circle to 13, then you must be weary. 13 women who can barely channel could overpower most men linked. The 13 weakest women in the tower could overpower you or any man and barely uh, breathe hard. Wow. I came across a saying in, in, uh, in Aradaman, quote, the more women there are about, the softer a wise man steps. It would not be bad to remember it. So he's letting the, you know, 13 women link up. You don't stand a chance. Now, is that just for any male channeler, or is that even does that even include the dragon reborn? Well, hey, I mean, who know? I mean, <laughs> that I don't know. There are. This is all the stuff. Now, remember, it's Osmodian telling him this, and he is trying to teach him. You know, keep him right now. Osmodian's pretty much tied himself and saying the more successful. I mean, he's he's got two choices here. Uh, well, maybe he's got more, but the way I see it, Rand is. If he's successful and Rand does his thing, cool. He's helped serve Rand and he'll in some way at least be able to live out his life and and not be destroyed or whatever. The Dark One could destroy him. Um, or hopefully he's hoping that they'll forgive him and say that he was he was forced into this service. This is not what he wanted. He was severed and he'll take the punishments, get back in the Dark Lord's graces, but whatever. I mean, but yeah, I mean, he, he he's giving him some of these secrets and talking about linking and things that, you know, we... Look for the number 13, man. Look for significance in 13 women and, and look at the Black Aja and look at people moving moving around. What what can they do? Uh, and I'd say pay attention to it in regards to to the Forsaken and to our, our channelers that we're close to. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's switch over to Matt. Yep. Uh, so Matt is drunk. Uh, is yes. He's... he's, he's, he's he is, he's drunk. He's hanging out. He's, you know, just living it up. That's what Matt does. He's uh, sitting at a campfire near Kadir's men singing a song to himself. One of Kadir's men makes a comment about it. He realizes nobody has heard it in a long time. The memories he's got are getting harder and harder to separate from his own. At least he wasn't using the old tongue again. Uh, Matt has been playing a knife-throwing game with the Aiel. His luck is so good, nobody will play dice with him anymore. His winnings in this game are good as well, though. Corman, one of the Aiel, has been playing um, with wants. Uh, he's been playing with wants to stop because the light is, you know, is failing. Um, Matt says he could do it blindfolded, mm -hmm. right, without even betting on it. He demonstrates it. Corman makes it clear he will not gamble with Matt anymore. <laughs> Um, a maiden comes up to him and asks if he can do that every time. Matt answers truthfully, he can do it most of the time. On an impulse, he digs into his winnings and uh, gives the woman who introduced herself as uh, Melindra mm -hmm. a necklace. She tells him she accepts his offer. Not that Matt knows what offer he made exactly. Aiel people are strange. Uh, 
Matt mm-hmm. sees Rand approaching in the company of a few maidens. He recognizes um, Adolin and Anala. Uh, he tells Melindra he'll be right back. Rand doesn't seem to hear him when Matt calls after him, not until he uses the name Lucitharin. Anyway. Yep. Matt tells yep. Rand of his intention to leave with Kadir. Rand won't try to stop him, but suggests the pattern might. He also tells him not to trust Kadir. Melinda catches up with him when Rand moves on. She tells him he has attracted her interest. Uh, Matt wants to know if Daughter of the Nine Moons means anything to her. It doesn't, uh, but she does know a few enter- thing, entertaining things to do by Moonlight. So, uh, Melindra, what is going on <laughs> yeah, here? What is going what on? What is going I, th- You know, Matt's all worried about um, that he's going to marry, right? The, the the daughter of the Nine Moons. And so he's asking. He's, Every he woman saying, he meets. He's yeah. Like, so... Does that mean anything to you? Or is that something we should we should kind of look into? Yeah. So. Yeah, he's, he's, he, at least he's happy he's not using the old tongue. He's having trouble separating those memories. And um, he still, remember, he's Taviran, right? He wants to move in, in his own direction. But right now, uh, Rand is kind of reminding him. He's basically saying, go ahead. It's not me. Good luck. You know, uh, if, if, if I need you, that bond is there. If the pattern needs you, you'll go where the pattern needs. And, and people will move around you. So, it's... It's one of those things. It's one of those things being being Tavirin. But yeah, he's struggling with it. He is bound and determined he's going to go with Kadir and he's out of there. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's move, let's move to chapter uh, chapter four here, which is uh, Twilight. Um, this is this is a Rand and Avienda chapter. And uh, wow, man, I'm going to just say things are things with Avienda here are. Um, how do you say heating up? Let's just say oh there's, there's some tension that you could easily cut with a knife, uh, <laughs> a spear, or whatever. a spear or a heron mark blade <laughs> whatever, or, a power, yeah. or a power rot butter knife. Okay? Right. I mean, I mean, it's it's getting 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 pretty obvious here. So, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, really, that's, that's that's what the majority of this of this chapter is, is is Rand and 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 Avienda. Right. Uh, sort of talking yeah. and. Uh, Rand saying, you know, she's telling him she hates him. And Rand saying, Absolutely. well, if, if you hate me, you don't have to be around me anymore. And she's like, well, that's not really. Right. Now, hold on a second. Yeah. As it's like, let me, let me get the, let me get, let me get the actual text pulled up here. Well, and the thing is too. So yeah, she, she kind of, it, it all goes back to Elaine. It goes, it goes back to, she's, she made prom, there's promises been, your promise to Elaine, the constant reminders, the wise ones are saying, Hey, you're going to be close to him. You're our eyes in there. It's kind of obvious. Uh, Rand gets it. But yeah, I mean, she remember also she went to Rudy on herself and, and saw visions. She saw her own things. We've not heard anything about that yet. Uh, but remember, that's what that's what happens when you go to Rudy on. So, right. She's she's definitely, you know, a character who she's become extremely important. Uh, and extremely important to Rand. And Rand is trying to like, you know, make it like, look, if you want to go, you can go, like you said, or, or or you can stay. He's even trying to to give her give her things and, and make it make her feel more comfortable. And everything he does, it it's kind of like he violates custom or he or he does something that he doesn't really intend to do. Uh because the IO customs are so kind of strange and, and she feels like she's a bad teacher. Or does he really mean it? Does he even know what he's doing? You know, it's wild. So 
Yeah, but yeah, that's ultimately. I mean, then you know, uh, she kind of reminds him again, you know, that hey, you belong to Elaine, uh, which I think that might be what's frustrating her. Just gonna go ahead and say that one. Then of course she leaves, and Rand has dreams of men, Avienda, Elaine, and they're mostly pleasant. So right, right. Let me. Yeah, they're mostly pleasant. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure they were extremely pleasant. Uh, le- so here we go, real quick. This is the part where I was trying to find it quickly for you guys. Um, she's Avienda is upset by something he gives her. So to his surprise, she folded her arms beneath her breast and placed the short length, uh, paced the short length of the room twice before stopping to glare at him. This was not a regard gift. She said, accusingly, shaking the bracelet at him. You admitted as much. So, you know, again, and I, I, to be honest with you, buddy, anybody who wants to write in and tell me more about the IEO customs and stuff, it is something every time I read it, I just go, okay, maybe we'll get more. And I, I, I we do get more. I just, I sometimes forget all of the different like exactly, things yeah. and all the little, they, yeah, the nuances of, of their, of their culture. Very uh, interesting group of people. So she's shaking it. She's upset. This is not a regard a, a regard gift. You you admitted as much. True, though he thought she might have put a knife in his ribs had he not conceded it. It was simply a fool gift from a man who did not know or care what my what the Spear sisters might think. Well, this has no meaning either. She pulled something from her pouch and tossed it onto the pallet beside him. It cancels debt between us. Right, So she's giving him a gift back. This cancels debt between us. Rand picked up what she had thrown and turned it over in his hands, a belt buckle in the shape of a dragon ornate, ornately made in gold steel and inlaid with gold. Thank you. It's beautiful, Avienda. There is no debt to cancel. If you will not take it against my debt, she said firmly, then throw it away. I will find something else to repay you. It is only a trinket. Hardly a trinket. You must have had this made. Do not think that means anything, Randall Thor. When I gave up the spear, my spears, my knife, unconsciously with her hand, uh, she brushed her belt where that long bladed knife used to hang. Even the, even the points of my arrows were taken from me and handed to a smith to make simple things to give away. Most I gave to friends, but the wise ones had me name the three men and three women I most hate. And I was told to give each of them a gift made from my weapons with my own hands. Bear says it teaches humility. Boom. So, yeah. I mean, she, she, this is like, uh, you know, she's trying that she hates. Why does she hate this guy? Why she, she hates him. So what's all this tension you're talking about? <laughs> does she hate him? Well, all I'm going to say is, you know. A lot of the women in Rand's life seem to hate him. Okay. Right, right. I mean, what's the but whole then, deal? You know, with, what's, yeah. But what's funny is that it's like, it's almost like in Wheel of Time, love is described as hate, uh, <laughs> at least for like quite a bit, with really kind of the exception of Perrin and Fael. But, you know, Nynaeve and right. Lan, it's like, oh, I can't stand him. I can't stand him. I can't stand him. Okay, well, here we go. All here right. We, right. 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 Even Elaine, you know, some curse you, Rand, you know, all this stuff. And yeah. Just yeah. Building, you know, building, yeah. Yeah. It, it, absolutely. And then we know men like the same thing. You know, like, why does it have to be you? Why all these things? You know, I'm bound yeah, they're almost to you, put out. Stuff. Yeah. They're, they're almost put out that right. like, oh, I'm, I'm like, you know, yeah. So so you're seeing the same thing with Avienda here, kind of someone who's right. not happy. And actually, she goes as far as to say, um, 
Let's see. Yeah, he was wondering. I wonder who gave it to her, Avienda. Uh, was I one of those you hate so much? Yes, Randall Thor. She suddenly said, I hate you with all of my heart. I do. And I always will. What? I mean, that's just kind of rude. Come I'm on. Not lie. I mean, I know it's called Rudeon, but I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Rudeon, Rude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, so something's up. Something's going on. And like you said, uh, she fits the pattern, if you will, of the other of some some women who have been interested or who are who have been close mm-hmm. to Rand. So Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Our, as, so do we want to save chapter five for extended edition or do you want to dive into it and do something else for extended edition? Uh let's see. This is among the wise ones. Um what well, yeah, I mean essentially Yeah. Oh yeah. So we'll mention we'll mention this, and then we then we can definitely save this uh, for extended edition. But essentially, as you said, the tension increases, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the one thing we'll say here, and we'll we'll expand on it. Uh, it's talked about like whether or not uh, Avienda should sleep with or sleep in the same room as Rand. Now, yeah. come on, I, I mean, know. Yeah, it's what's going ridiculous. on? <laughs> right, Egwene is shocked. Right, it just isn't proper. Uh, Avienda asked the wise ones not to make her do it. She hates the man. The wise ones will have none of that. And in the end, Egwene has to admit he might, um, you know, like like that. It might be a good idea, right, or something. Right. Um, so yeah. there's and, yeah, that's, and again, we'll we'll say we'll save some of this. But uh, I mean, you know, they don't really they don't really go into it. But I guess maybe it, if you're the wise ones. And this guy's going to be the guy to unite everything. I think you would prefer him to sort of be with one of your own rather than potentially somebody else in their okay. mind. Okay. As like, I mean, if you're thinking, hey, this, we got to, if this guy is the Dragon Reborn, I mean, it seems like, you know, every woman in the land is going to be sort of. Yeah, you know, he's like a king. I mean, it's well, like, and you, hey, you remember, know. remember, uh, is, he most, is he is he the most eligible bachelor? Yeah, you you'd know? think. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. Interestingly, he had a, like a Gwen and he are promised at the beginning uh, comes across men. He and a Gwen start to already kind of feel like they're drifting apart. Just become they settle it. They're friends. Right. Uh, wishes Elaine the best. Men has already been there holding him over. Well, after after um, Valdara, right. The great hunt. Right. Land fear. Avienda shows up and is like they're revering seeing this person as he who comes with the dawn. She knows the consequences of that. Once she goes to Rudion, she comes back. She hates him. Right. That's that's kind of where we're at. Uh, now she's being forced in more so by the wise ones. You had uh, Berlane did the same thing. Came after mm-hmm. Rand. Wanted to get close to him because now now her thing. And by the I like Berlane, which is she's trying to use all of her her feminine her wiles. Yes, to to protect uh, really it's in service of her country and and, and her, her city state um where she's trying to make this alliance that would really help them so yeah it, w- i could see the i could see why the wise ones might want to try something like that right is that what you're saying is that maybe they would want to try to make an alliance um or you yeah. know really sure things up with like a I, lover you know being I, I can see it i mean yeah that yeah. you know we read that other series game of thrones that's like 90 percent of it so marriage alliances yeah <laughs> it's marriage yeah. alliances yeah yeah good point 
Uh, okay, awesome, cool. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll expand more on that. There's definitely a few more things with Giotto and some of the IEL Wise Ones customs. We'll, ex- we'll ex- uh, extend that for you guys over on Patreon. And thanks again to everyone who does support us on Patreon. We really, we really appreciate you guys. And uh, we just kind of those extended editions. I love doing those, and I think those are fun. We just kind of get to extend the chapter and talk a little bit more loose, uh, a little, little, little loose on on those episodes, and it's fun. So. Uh, great start though. Great start, Absolutely. right? Yeah. B- yeah. Fires I, I feel I feel good about this book so far. Yeah, yeah, it's solid. I think. What are you looking? F- I mean, who are you? What storyline? I guess are you most interested in as you move? Well, so now that now that I've seen a little bit of Rand's storyline, which of course Rand is still the one I'm ultimately going to be the most right. intrigued by because he's like the main character. Um, right. or at least the the most central part of the story. Um, but right now, the guy I really want to see, and I again, it's so interesting because it's like you come and you go, right? Sometimes it's like, all right, this is kind of boring because whatever. Um, you know, like when Elaine and Nynaeve and you know, when they're on like a boat, I'm like, okay, yeah. whatever. You know, it's yeah, ah, yeah. cool. Yeah, okay, you're on a boat, whatever. Um, and then parents, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, all right, well, but right now, parents exciting. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see what's going on with parents. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because I mean everything that's like his climax a, there. I mean he's yeah, you know. it's a back and forth with a lot of characters because I think it just you know sometimes it's just yeah they're kind of in a boring spot where somebody else is in a really high spot and yeah. because you jump around so much it's like whoa you know it's it's right no I, yeah. I can t- I can totally see that and and that's I appreciate that and I think I've said this before that we go on stretches where we just stay with one character and we build 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 because. Sometimes I do get a little bit lost and like, oh, now we're jumping where? Where's where's this? And I know it's he does it for a reason and it's important. Right. And sometimes by I, I find myself, especially even in a reread now, hustling through a chapter to get back to Somebody another else. batch of chapters. And I'm like, well, wait a second, though. That chapter was super significant. And I almost have to go back yeah. and refresh myself on what happened there. And that's just me being a uh, yeah. in, impatient this- reader. But. And in this in this series, I will say, compared to like you know, just using Game of Thrones as an example, which is also a POV book, um, this I think it would be hard to do as a as like just I just want to follow somebody's story because sometimes you'll get like there's multiple POVs in a chapter, but then also like events happen like all at once, kind of a thing, like yeah. something that happens in the in like Rand's chapter. Because they can communicate through the dream world, you know, all this stuff, you sort of lose that sense of, well, he's way over here and they're way over here because you can basically just cut that out and because they can traverse so easily. It's not like in Game of Thrones, for example, where it's like you're reading about characters who won't even meet for like. Yes, true. So you you can just do like a straight just as example Daenerys you can just pretty much read start to finish Daenerys all the Daenerys POVs. And you can you can get a full story just sure. out of that. Whereas with this, it's a lot harder to do, right? Because like you'll like anytime characters are together, like Matt, Matt, a lot of Matt stuff is inside other people, you know, right. chapters that are multiple POVs. So it, it's kind of hard. So uh, you do kind of have to read it all together. I'm sure somebody out somebody out there has done a guide of like read this chapter, read this chapter, read this sure. for maybe like this person's POV, which would be an interesting resource to check out sometime. Yeah. Um, but I guess the the other the other storyline is Logan. I want to get some, you know, he's Oh my I'm, god. I'm excited to get some Logan, man. He's you know, I mean, what's the deal? His you know, he's false he dragon. Was, the false dragon. 
fighting down in Giladon. I mean, the, the whole series he's opens. cast in season one, so yes. clearly he's a big deal. Right. And what's cool is now I can talk a little bit more about him, right? Because we've gotten to this point where, look at this guy. He's hanging around. Right. And what's so do he you, up I mean, to? What do, you th- what do you think the deal is with him being cast in season one? Oh, I think they're totally bringing... I, it, you know what? Do you think he now, hold on. in season one now that we can this talk is a about good, it? This is a really good... Okay. I actually think either he escapes and or they or maybe they just show us more of what a i've said this before what a false dragon can do the power the him versus red aja kind of stuff maybe and maybe even maybe some of the stuff at the end of the season some white tower drama go, goes down or something or it, it's probably more likely that he gets caught and captured but then is does escape them but it's not like he goes all the way to the white tower and is right is he and is and still i don't and I don't know this because we're not reading it yet. Is he in New Spring? Oh, good question. I actually, full disclosure, I don't th- no. I don't think so. And I'm saying that because I think that takes place much earlier. It falls more rain. Earlier. I think so. And again, people are going to be like, I can't believe S hasn't actually. I've read the whole wiki page on it. I've never read New yeah. Spring, guys. That's right, that. I yeah. never read it. I'm pretty I, sure I, that follows all of just, like Green Aja. Especially now because we've talked about this. I said... It's just so odd that they cast him be, when they haven't announced other people who you're like, okay, if 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 season one is going to be at, certainly Eye of the World, if yeah. not, if not stuff, and it seems like Eye of the World and Great Hunt are probably going to be season one with a sprinkling of New Spring is what it seems like. Um, why would you cast Logan and not have like a lane cast? Right. You have to really. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean. It's like because because really in the first book he you see him once and that's it, but so it seems like they're going to be pushing his story around a bit or make him bigger or who knows what they're going to do with him. Right now it's because really you hear about him in the fourth book that right. that he was that he was one of, you know he he's out but it's like we don't even see him really until the fifth book and he's in season one. Of, yeah, you know. Exactly. No, no. Good, good point. And just real quick, because I, I pulled up just so I'm not wrong. Yeah, he's not in, uh, as far as I can, I, yeah, not in New Spring. Uh, Lan, Moraine, Suan accepted way back before they're kind of, they're, they're coming up kind of thing. So sorry if that's spoiler for anybody, but I mean, I don't know. I, New Spring's not something I'm concerned about okay. yet. It will be. There will be stuff in it, though. Like the, the whole right. point is like Moraine is going to be a bigger focus. So we're going to get stuff with her and Suan. Why are they so close? How, how big of a deal is the Amralin? All that kind of stuff. So New Spring stuff is, and they've said it. They've said it's in season one. And they've even, some of the castings have confirmed some of the Green Aja members and stuff that we will see. So that's something when we get to a good point. I don't know when we should do this, but you and I should should bounce over and, and check that out. I don't know when we're going to have time to do that. Yeah. But and maybe someone can give us some guidance. A listener, or someone can tell is it, us. Well, is it when's is a good it time a, to do is that? Because I don't think it, it wasn't written after the last book. I think it was written. I thought I looked this up once, and it was like written, like like it was like eight or nine books were done, and then it came out. I tried to avoid it because I don't want like. I think the purpose of reading it is you've read the series, and so I also have you know as the first time reader here, I try to stay off the wiki. Because it's just so easy to get something spoiled. Oh yeah. Um, so if somebody could send us in a pigeon. Yeah, guidance and, on that because it's and say one. Why do you think? What do you think they're going to do with Logan's story in the show? 
you know, maybe without mm-hmm. possibly being spoilers to where we're at, just you could say something like, oh, well, he has an arc that's going to get explained in this book that I could see them pushing forward or however you want to sort of explain it. Um, and then when is it when is it OK to read New Spring? <laughs> I guess maybe mm-hmm. as, 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 a, as another question, like when should you read that? Should you wait until the end or do you, is it OK to read it from the get go or when when do you think is the best time to read that? Right. So two, 2004 is when it says it was published. Um, so, yeah, I have to kind of I'd love to hear from someone on that. So that's uh, way before Brandon Sanderson took over. Yes. And and also like, yeah, just real quick for, for time placement, it's about 20 ish years before I have the world. So, okay. uh, yeah, that's that's around about there. So anyways, at some point, I think you're far, far enough in the series to where you can go back and kind of read some of that. I just have to look up and see when exactly is a good time to, to bounce over there. We don't even really need to necessarily. I don't really think like we're, we're you and I are just going to keep plowing through this series. Um, and then as we get close to that show, so that's what, you know, it might be a surprise for you. It might be kind of like, oh, I haven't, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen that. I don't know what they're going to drop in season one. That's because I actually just thought of something with Logan that I can't say. Right. Because of where we are right now, and I'm thinking of like, hey, something that happens in this book might. Yeah, actually... It seems like we're getting. It seems like we're going to be getting some low gain in this book. I mean, right. obviously, we're gonna, yeah, right. If, if, have, if, I feel like we have. I feel like we've had more of him already than we did the first time. Yes, yes, for sure. And so, um, I, I won't say much more on that other than you guys know he's in it. He's significant. He's traveling with Suan, which is a big deal. Um, so yeah, there's there's things that happen here that I'd be interesting to have a low gain conversation at the end of this book. And say, where do we think, you know, what now could we move forward? So, yeah, yeah interesting conversation. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, guys. Well, with that, we want to thank you for answering the call. Uh, in our next episode, we will be discussing The Fires of Heaven Part 2, which is going to be chapters 6 through 16. Now, a lot of these are a lot shorter than these. These are like big, like one-hour chapters each, so. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, again, thanks to everyone for um, supporting us over on Patreon, following the YouTube page, all that good stuff. It really does help us out uh, big time. And if you leave us that review on iTunes, that definitely will help us huge. as we get closer to the, to, to the show. Yeah, it's, it's so huge. So uh, if you're interested, if, you, if you're looking for another way to kind of help out and you don't want to support us on Patreon or YouTube, whatever, that iTunes review is literally a big deal. Facebook group running strong as well, too. So uh, thanks to everyone who's in there you know, uh, keeping it active and just good conversation in there. Honestly, it's nice. So uh, if you like the podcast, don't forget to, as I said, subscribe, like, uh, write that review for us, leave a comment or send us a message at the horn of at gmail.com. We will see you soon. And remember that the grave is no bar to our call. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. 
Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.